4: Yeah. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Cat podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about transfers. Of course, it is that time of the year, the transfer season. Uh, the transfer window is well truly open and it closes on the 1st of September. So we are going to be linked with so many players uh, for the next couple of months. I've got three very special guests to talk about transfers this evening. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Rick, how are you?
0: I'm very well, my friend. Uh, It's good to be on for the first time this summer and uh, let's crack on, let's get into it.
4: We've also got David Harris back with us, the Irish Hotspur. Dave, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks very much for having me, gentlemen. look forward to a discussion on all teams transfers and hopefully improvements to our first team squad for the season upcoming.
4: Dave, before we get into it, tell everyone about your channel and I should have said actually for the first time ever, on this channel, we are live at the moment on YouTube, on Facebook and on Twitter. So if you are new to the channel, please do hit the subscribe button. And if you'd like to get involved, leave a comment and we will get through as many as possible this evening. But Dave, tell everyone about your YouTube channel. Yeah,
1: you can find me over at the Irish Hotspur, talk all things transfers, do watch-alongs because obviously I am not, I don't live in London. So I can't go to the games week in, week out, which is uh, you know, a disaster for me. But look, that's where you can find me over there at the Irish Hotspur.
4: We've also
2: got Max back with us. Duo Max, do check
4: out his YouTube channel. Max, how are you?
2: I'm good, mate. It's good to be back, talking all things Spurs. I know I've probably been a bit quiet recently, but being invited down to London to see you and have a few fresh ones with the guys, I thought, you know what? I can't turn up this opportunity again, so uh, I'll be snapping your hand off every time you ask me. Uh, I feel like you've got me locked in now, Chris. (laughs) Why are you not uploading at the moment? Uh, Just... I don't know. I think I just needed a break. Um, it's one yeah. of those where it's like, you'll know, the amount of effort you put in, you know, the, it, it speaks for itself. And that's why you, you get the opportunities that you do, because you have to put the effort in and that's how you, you don't just get magic opportunities overnight. It's um, that's, that's, how, that's how it works. So yeah, it's good to be back, hopefully to see a new manager and more content from all the boys.
4: Max, it's the first time for you um, in a long time coming on the channel. You mentioned the new manager there and Poster who of course, has just been appointed. Uh, How are you feeling ahead of the uh, new season with our new boss?
2: Um, At first, it was the whole typical Tottenham, not being able to get our main targets. Um, Hopefully, that's not the same with transfers, but do you know what? Since he's come in, he said all the right things. He's, he looks really well spoken in his interviews. Um, some of the some of the players that obviously he's targeting, I've, we've obviously been doing a bit of research on, and it just it looks strong. It looks good. It's, I'm, I've already got that buzz for the new season. Even though we haven't got any European football, it's just let's focus on Premier League football. Let's get back to watching the Tottenham. We enjoy attacking football at the lane again. I think that's that's what we all want. So we've got to back the manager. Regardless of who came in, um, but yeah, I'm I'm all for having having the fosters and the chicken gyros in the, in the top in the stadium, whatever sort, whatever happens. No, I'm fully supportive. I'm looking forward to it, honestly.
4: Ricky, it's been a couple of weeks since you've been on. Um, how are you feeling about the appointment?
0: It's a bit up and here. I mean, I'm definitely on the up right now, but I, I was a little bit kind of disappointed and a little bit hurt that we didn't go in for Poch and we didn't make that. That call, you know, I, I really did want him back home. But um, you know, we've got to get over it. Um, it's a bit like my girlfriend said to me today. It's a bit like seeing your friend with, with, with like your your ex girlfriend sort of thing. So it is that type of feeling there. Do you know what I mean? But you know what, like Maxi said, there. You know, he's coming. He said all the right things and all the little bits and research that we've been doing, all the videos that we were watching, all the things that we've been reading and consuming over these couple of weeks, I'm really hopeful. So I'm calm right now, but I'm really hopeful that, that the good times are coming back to Tottenham. And I just, I just want to see us in preseason and, and just see those patterns of play and, and see how we're approaching games for me to get an overall kind of opinion of him. But um, I'm excited and, and fingers crossed the good times are back at the lane.
4: Dave, I know you were only on a, a short while ago uh, talking about glue but um, give us your brief uh, thoughts on the appointment. Um, of course, he starts the job in less than a week now on the 1st of July. Um, he's got a lot to do, hasn't he?
1: He's, a, he's got a hell of a lot to do. You know, he's got a lot of dead wood on big wages to sort of clear out there. We've got to overhaul that back line. That's his biggest thing to do. He has to get that back line, you know, keeping clean sheets and stuff like that instead of conceding the amount of course, we do because it's a huge problem. Um, but look, you know, I, I really like what Andrew's about, you know. Um, everyone's constantly involved. Everyone has to constantly be, be, be moving in and out of possession, which I absolutely like. And it, it, it'd be good to get to see. Our, it, it good, it'd be good to get to see the Tottenham team back to that where everyone's just working hard for the badge. And I think the fans will also feed off that. But like you also said, you know about getting back to playing on the front foot, possession based attacking football, which is something that Spurs have always been synonymous with, and it's always served Tottenham well. So it's very good to get back to that. But Poster Cognu can only go so far without the help, so they have to help him in terms of getting out the deadwood and bringing in more technical players, because that's half of our problem, is a lot of the players we have are just not technically good enough um, in the Premier League, so he does need help, it's all well and good appointment for his ideologies and his philosophies, which I absolutely love, but as we know, he needs the help, so hopefully, I, I it does look like he's going to get it, so hopefully they'll follow through with it the way they need to this summer to give us a very good chance. Because I speak for everybody, it's going to be a dull season next year without European football.
4: Yeah, we certainly all live in hope, Dave, that he's going to be backed fully this window. There's a lot to do. Max, let's come to you. Um, Let's talk about Dejan Kulisiewski, because, of course, last week it was announced by Tottenham Hotspur Football Club that we have signed him until 2028 30 million euros, the equivalent of 25.6 million pounds to be paid in six financial years. Uh, He has made 48 Premier League appearances for us to date, scoring seven times. 57 appearances in all competitions, scoring seven goals. Your thoughts on the permanent signing of Kuliseski?
2: Really happy. I mean, I thought it was was one of those signs that was always going to get done. How he's managed to do it over six seasons, I actually have no idea. I mean, look, you're talking in this day of market, that sort of money's, it is pennies, really, isn't it? Considering the 50, 60 million gets chucked around every day. But, you know, he's one of those, he's very versatile. I think when he came in, he showed exactly what he could do, could do in that, those first few months, that first season. Yes, he was, he probably wasn't at it last season. And, you know, he probably, he didn't finish the season too greatly, but he had that, he picked up a few knocks here and there. But, you know, we've seen what he can do. For that price tag, you can't go wrong. I mean, look at the games he's had in the past against Man City where he's crossed it in. Like he's He's had big moments. He's he's changed the game and it's nice to have a player that can can do something. He's got a bit of quality. He knows how to beat a player. He's not the quickest, but he just shows if you have that technical ability on the ball, you can use that to your advantage. And it's nice to see, especially when it was that, that whole Kane and Son scenario, because once they started finding them out and doubling up on either one of them, especially Son, um, it's nice to obviously switch the play and let someone else have a go. So, I hope he has another good season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it looks like he's he's happy and uh, you know what, he's, just, he's he's a good player, man. So I'm excited. and it's, You can't argue without a price tag.
4: Yeah, fantastic price. Um, Ricky, let's come to you on the same uh, question, really, because Kulisewski, um Max said there that he struggled last season. Of course, when he came in in that January transfer window, him and Benton Kerr, um, you know, got us really over the line to finish in that Champions League spot. He wasn't quite the same player last season. Why do you think that is?
0: I think injuries definitely had a part to play in it. Um, and I think the system had a part to play in it. I think a lot of us were kind of under the restraints and the, the rigidity of what Conte was putting us, um, putting that 11 out there for. So I think that, um, you know, we had a lot of horseshoe tactics and, um, and there wasn't really that attacking flair. There was two different sides to the, the the Conte side that we saw. We saw that January to the end of the season, which got us into the top four, and then we saw the full season last year, which was again broken up by the World Cup. But um, it was just a different side. It was a different. It was a different Tottenham. And me personally, I was always waiting for the side to click into gear. And Kulu being one of them, Sonny being another one of them. I was always waiting like, oh, okay, this week, this week's going to be the, 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 the week that they're going to click into gear and they're going to yeah. fly at them. And to, to me, looking back now, it, it, it kind of, it, it it seems to me that definitely the system had a hampering on some of those players, including Kulu. Um, the thing is with Kulu as well is that when we bought him, he was a versatile player, somebody who Conte described and uh, Perattici described as someone who can play on the right wing or right wing back. And I think in the Postecoglou system, I think he could play right wing or number 10 or number eight even, you know, in, in that type of attacking style. And I think he could cause problems for the age that he is, for the technical ability that uh, Dave was talking about there. And, and, and for the uh, kind of uh, the ceiling that he has is so high. And under an attacking coach, I think we're going to see the best out of him again. But definitely, those injuries definitely had a problem and and definitely took effect. You could see in a little mini preseason in World Cup, he was flying, came back for two or three games, got the second injury, which just knocked him off. Um, But what's really encouraging about him is that he knows it and he clocked it and he said it and he's vocalised. it. He hasn't been scared or he hasn't shied away from kind of, speaking about uh, the, the kind of neg- negative aspects of his performances last year. I think the couple of games under Mason, we started to see him, you know, warm up and we started to see some nice flicks and tricks and, and, and we got to see him express himself a little bit more. And, uh, and fingers crossed, fingers crossed that we see the best of Cooley next season under an attacking coach, somebody who's going to love what he brings to the side. So, um, yeah, it's a great deal. And um, at a great for a great price and how they've kind of stretched it over for so long, you know, it only works for us and this budget that we've got for this season as well. It, it kind of is it's, it's all green ticks. It's all big thumbs up. So, fingers crossed, he just kicks on and keeps on going. And if he doesn't and we sell him, I think, you know, we're going to get more than our money back as well. So, great deal across the board. Mm-hmm.
4: Dave, let's come to you on the on the price tag. Twenty five point six million pounds for Kulosewski. It does seem a bargain, doesn't it?
1: It is. It's, it's an absolute steal. I think Juventus got absolutely robbed there, if you want me to be brutally honest. Um, and also to get, you know, five million off what the original agreement was if we got Champions League, it makes yeah. it an even better deal. Um, look, with, with Kulazeski, I think he's a fantastic player. You've got to remember, when we first signed him, he was posting the same, same numbers, if not better, as Saka. But last season, a lot went wrong for Tottenham. Well, one thing that no one Really speaks about Is he had three Right right, right wing backs To sort of play with Last year He had Matt Doherty For a period Then Emerson And then Pedro Porro That also affects his game Because you do have To have partnerships Partnerships are absolutely Crucial in football With Emerson It worked well at times Because Emerson Just gives him the ball And lets him do all the creativity With Matt Doherty The ball doesn't he, he didn't look to pass forward He always looks to pass inside And with Pedro Porro He doesn't need He doesn't need Kulazeski Because technically He's good enough To go on his own So it's, it's, it's just about Of Where where does Kulu fit in down that right-hand side And who is best partnership with Now obviously, Ricky, you know The the injuries, it has a massive part You look back at Son He came out since, said he was playing most of the season with an injury He came out that Eric Dyer Was carrying an injury since January and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up bringing Kulaseski back early from the hamstring injury. And you can kind of see that as well, because, you know, it looked like he, he didn't want to fully open up on them runs, mm. them big long runs that he makes, purely because maybe he had a bit of doubt in his hamstring. And we've heard... Ryan Seskion talk about the impacts of that before about having doubts in in your hamstrings and stuff like that. You don't fully let yourself go. But with Kulaseski, technically he's absolutely brilliant. He can cut inside and use his left. He can go on down, down go down the byline, cutting across and pull the ball back. He can shoot, he can cross, he can score, he can assist goals. So for me, for 25 million, I think we got an absolute steal. You know, we spent look at the money we spent on Lucas Moura. Never really fitted in with Kane and Son. Look at the money we spent on Bergwijn. Never really fitted in with Kane and Son. This guy's come in at 22 years of age and just like seamlessly in with two world-class players and look like that he's been there for a long time with these guys. It's no mean feat to do, you know. So for me, I think we've got a technically brilliant player. I think also mentally he's good. But I think you're going to see an even better Kulu under Ange, Costa Coglu, purely because we're not using Kulu to pick up the ball from the back line and use him as a battering ram to get us up the pitch, up up, up to the other end of the pitch. You're going to get Kulu on the ball in positions where he can actually hurt our positions, mainly up in, in the final third. And as well, he's going to have a lot more energy when he gets on that ball because he's not running the full length of the pitch every couple of seconds. So I think you're going to see an even more devastating Kulu next season under Ange. Very good price, happy with it.
4: Max, let's come to you. Let's talk about our new goalkeeper. Um, His medical was meant to take place today, but it's now taking place tomorrow, uh, as revealed by TalkSport earlier today. Uh, Oh, I knew I was going to do that. I've been saying (laughs) the name perfectly all all week. Uh, Vicario, now goalkeeper, five-year deal, 19 million euros um, from Empoli. Um, he, he He put on Instagram earlier today, Um, This pitcher, living the dream, he's with his agent on his way to London. Uh, Six foot four inches, 26-year-old Italian goalkeeper in September 2022, called up by Roberto Mancini, part of the squad for the Nations League games against England and Hungary, Um, being Empoli's number one goalkeeper for the past two seasons, 69 league appearances. And on the 4th of February uh, this year, he performed a, a triple save against Roma, applauded by most spectators. It is a mm-hmm. clip that I actually put on Twitter earlier today. Most people uh, criticised the first save. Now, Max, I want you to be completely honest. I think a lot of us expected David Raya to be signed mm-hmm. by Spurs. I certainly did. That was probably my number one choice. Um, Vicario, what are your thoughts?
2: I'll be very honest. Until exactly the time where we were linked with him, I really didn't have a have a Scooby about him and I'm sure there's there's the odd fans that are gonna say they've seen him out there, but that triple save that obviously went around the internet and everyone everyone saw it and everyone's hopeful that he can obviously come in be our new number one. And look, that place in, especially with LaRice, like Ofsky and it, whoever wants to come in and cement that, there's a solid spot there for like ten years. Um, it's just to come in. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And like he said, if, he said he's living the dream. He's he's living his best life. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, but it must have been after that triple save. But even Joan Luigi Buffon, he even said like how good he is and how like excited he is to see him coming to the Premier League and how yeah. how he's going to be so big in years to come. So look, I'll be very honest. I don't know too much about him. Um, other than catching up on all of the YouTube uh, clips that make players look ten times good than what they actually are. And I'll be honest, that scares the the crap out of me most of the time when I'm watching these compilations because they literally say they've been uploaded like three days ago and they have tens of thousands of views from just normally Spurs fans that have clicked to see what they're like. And you think you're getting an absolute gem. But Max, I've
4: I've seen your videos at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You look like that (laughs) footballer.
2: We can all have these videos, can't we? We can, you have to live off those memories, Chris yeah. um, no, I'm, I'm excited I mean, I just hope that it isn't another like Gallini again because but you've got you've got world-class keepers like Buffon coming out and saying that and he wouldn't just be saying that just for the sake of it um, let's just hope he hits the ground running I mean, Posta Quanglu obviously wants him uh, and do you know what? Whoever we bring in, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about other players. So obviously, we won't jump too far ahead because there's obviously players that we'll, we'll go for on this chat. But um, whoever, whoever we go for, everyone's going to be getting behind, regardless. So yeah, I'm looking forward to us to, to seeing a new number one. But I am disappointed, like you said, that what happened with the Raya deal, like. It just kind of went quiet and we backed off. And then suddenly we're flying in this new keeper all of a sudden because we've agreed a fee in terms. It was like, it happened like behind... It's like they knew they were doing this. Um, That's just how we came to work in the transfer market, I guess.
4: No one wants to pay the £40 million for David Raya, despite him saying the club needs to let me go. Um, Yeah, I I personally would have loved to have seen Tottenham spend the £40 million on David Raya because, you know, his distribution... Uh, him, you know, playing with both feet as well. Premier League experience, mm-hmm. I think, is absolutely key. Uh, Grib- oh, I've done it again. Rick, Vicario, I won't even attempt it again. Vicario, your thoughts?
0: OK, so look, th- th- this is how I'm going in with this summer, with all transfers, all right? I'm trying to be as calm as I can be with them. Uh, it's all about the fit. It's all about the fit and what they're like in a Tottenham show. We've spent money, for example, and Ndombele, which we've spoken about many a time, and, you know, we all thought he was a world be. I wanted him to be the the, the, the guy that revolutionised our midfield, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. came in and it didn't work. Some of these players can go off, as we've seen, and go to different leagues and different countries and go and win stuff and look incredible again. So it's all about the fit. We have spoken about um, looking at Brighton and Brentford and the data-driven kind of aspect of, of, of GEMS, And we've spoken about not spending 100 million on every single player, about getting the right player. So, right now, like uh, Max has said, we've all seen that triple save. Uh, Part of me would have, like you, Chris, and and like the boys, you know, I I would have felt a lot kind of safer and calmer with David Rea in the goal because we've seen what he's about. We've seen what he can bring to the side. We saw how he was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium not too long ago um, and, and how he performed there. And and it wasn't just his saves, but it was his stature and his composure that, he, that, that I saw about him in a keeper that I would have really appreciated at Tottenham. But right now, we've kind of looked at this data. We, we haven't kind of been uh, held over a, a cliff for David Rea. We've um, actually gone for a target which has been sought after by many a clubs. Now, there's, there's you know I've heard Ali Gold speak about him. There's also um, a guy called Jacko who does some Twitter spaces sometimes. He does some Twitter talks on Tottenham. But he's also mm-hmm. put out a YouTube video on Vicario. And he's and got some great quotes there from across the board from Italian football. I don't want to get too hyped about it. But at the same time, I want to trust what the scouts and what the data and and kind of trust the people that are in charge to kind of make the right decision. And, and we have to do that. And I think and as an example, to, to all of us fans um, of how we can go a bit too hyped on one and we can kind of downplay another is Amrabat. When we was linked with Amrabat before we picked up as soon as Amrabat's name was mentioned, me included, a lot of us were like, who is this guy? Why are we yeah. not spending the money to go and get our number one? Why? Who is this? Who is this? What? Ooh, I don't want him at mm-hmm. talk him. What's he going to do? Just another cheap option. Went to the World Cup, totally smashed it. And then everyone was like, ooh, we could have got him for like 15, 16 mil. Now he's double, triple the price. Yeah. yeah. So, so right now, I'm hoping on the positive side of things that Tottenham have looked at the data. They've looked at what they need in the keeper. They've looked at the age and the price. And all of these things are green ticks. Every single transfer that we make is always a risk because of the fit. It's always a risk. Whether you spend 100 million or you spend 5 million, it's always a risk. And um, Tottenham have decided to take that risk And I'm looking forward to seeing him in a Spurs shirt I'm going to back him And I'm going to look forward to seeing what he's got uh, You know, uh, as, as, as a goalkeeper In between the sticks For a, Tottenham, uh, for a new look Tottenham side You know um, I,
4: Ricky, Rick, I, do, yes, do, do, do you worry about some of these signings Particularly Vicario now Being a club signing Like players were last season? Um, because Uh, Fabio Prasci apparently inquired about Vicario in the January transfer window. Is this another club signing or is this or has this been okayed by Ange Postacoglu?
0: To me, Chris, I think that all of our signings, I twigged this last year, and I think that all of our signings are club signings. I think Ange Postacoglu will get to have a look at them and and he will get to say yay or nay. But I think they're all club signings. I think that that's why the structure was brought in. I think that's why they brought in so many scouts and so many people in different divisions to kind of restructure the club and restructure the way that we look at players. I think it's more so that Conte didn't want to accept what he was being given. So, for instance, we can talk about Spence. Spence was, a, a, a Paratici believed that every attribute that Spence had was perfect for a Conte wingback. But Conte didn't want him because it was a club sign-in. Now, someone like Ange could go, right, this is what I need. These are the attributes that I need from a keeper. And have gone out and gone, right, the, this guy is, is knocking it off the scale in the data. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's got everything that you want. Are you are you happy with us bringing him in? And he's obviously said yes. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's more a, a club sign-in, but I don't think it's um, a negative club sign-in. I think that it's a positive in the sense that, and just said, this is what I need in a keeper. And then they've gone out and they've identified and they haven't been held ransom just on one keeper. They've got their backups and they've got, they're spinning their plates. There is yeah. one thing, there, well, I say one thing, there is a couple of things that do kind of shake me up about Vicario right now. Um, I haven't seen him catch too many crosses and, uh, and he saves with his hands and his feet. They seem, he seems to parry them shots back into the box. And I worry about that, you know, he's not going to make a triple save every week. So I worry about the follow-ups and and those sides that pepper the goal. Um, But that's for our scouting system and that's for our coaches to work out along the season. And this is the risk that we've taken. And and fingers crossed it works out.
4: That is exactly what I was going to mention. Dave, let's come to you on Vicario because... We know Ange Postacoglu likes this uh, sweeper-keeper system. He likes to move the ball very, very quickly. In all the compilations I've seen, particularly on YouTube, with Vicario, great shot-stopper. There's absolutely no question or doubt about that. I haven't seen too many clips of him moving the ball with his left foot, with his right foot. Um, Like Ricky said there, uh, catching. Um, there There are a lot of things that I'm thinking, well, I haven't seen that yet. Have you? No,
1: I haven't seen uh, any clips of him using his feet on any of the highlight reels. It's probably because he's that good. It's illegal, Chris, I would say. Um, But look, you know, I, I do think maybe we have done our homework on this one, if you want me to be brutally honest, because like you said, it was reported that Gabanini and Paratici have been on this one since last January. And when you look at the shortlist that was put out there, his name was nowhere near mentioned on it. Nowhere near it. It wasn't yes. on it. We have a Raya with Marmadash Filly and someone else. I mean, he hasn't even been linked to Tottenham over the last couple of years. And I think the reason why uh, we, we've gone for this guy and, and we ended up doing what we did with Ray is because... You got, I think it's very similar to what we've done with Ericsson last year and then we brought in Brasuma out of nowhere. And the reason why I think we acted under the radar on this one and used David Ray as a smoke screen is because Onana could be on his way to Man United and Inter wanted him to replace Onana at, at Inter Milan. If AC Milan were going to sell Mike Mannion this, this summer, they also wanted him to replace yeah. them. If Napoli's keeper was going to be brought out, they also wanted this guy to replace them. Um, so for me, I think the reason why we went under the radar on this one is so we could get it done. Before any of the other big clubs could come in Because we know once they come in He's going there So I think we actually use David Rhea. Um, On the 40 million price tag for Rea though, Chris Look, if we end up paying that 40 million And we're held to ransom It has a knock-on effect for the rest of the window Because every other club will see you coming For instance, if we go in for Madison And they know we've just stumped up 40 million for Raya, They're probably slapping 80 million price tag on, on The reason
4: like- why the reason why I say that, Dave, is because the goalkeeper is a priority signing in this transfer window. It is so important. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just a great believer of Premier League experience and you know exactly what you're going to get with David Rea. The distribution, I think, is so important to Anto That That's why I would pay the money. I know, I know exactly what you're, what you're saying yeah. and where you're coming from with other players, but I think yeah. the goalkeeper position, I think a lot of fans would have probably felt a lot more comfortable with David Rea than, um, you know, if you watch the Italian league... You know, on a regular basis, I've no doubt that you know lots of people are raving about him. It's the fact that when you don't watch Italian football week in week out, you know people are quite sceptical and they're quite uh, scared about the the um, the, the position, and uh, they see sixteen million pounds rather than spending forty, yeah. and then of course the club get criticised heavily, criticised, and the player gets battered even before he's come a, become a Spurs player just because of the price tag.
1: I hear you on that, and look, it. I agree with you how important this signing in is, is because. Hugo Reece has been in that position for 11 years, eight years yeah. as captain. It is a massive moment for this football club to shift someone out like that that's been there for so long and to fill it in. And to your point, Chris, if you look at Leicester City last season, despite all the attacking the talent they had, the midfielders, they sold Casper Schmeichel and never replaced him properly and they end up paying the price and getting relegated. And again, he was club captain. So I understand your point on that. But a lot of fans also ask us to be clever, ask us to act like, Brighton and Brentford, so they have to expect signings like this coming in the door because Ricky's right, we can't we can't keep paying 70, 80 million for every single position. We've I'm never
4: saying, paid that. Sorry? We've never paid that.
1: No, never. 60. Not, all right, 60. 60, but you know, <laughs> if, if, do you know what? If people go and look at our last 20 um, highest signings, a lot of them have not actually worked out. And, and, and going after players that are not maybe as well known as has actually served Tottenham very well down the years, maybe not the last four years, but before that Rose Walker, the Tongan, Alley, people like that, that come in. It's always served mm-hmm. Tottenham well, but on this one, I do think we've done our homework and I do think Ange might have sanctioned this one. I really do believe it because when you look, um, when you look at his actual stats, they're very, very similar in terms of distribution with David Ray very similar in terms of the distribution on the stats and also he's a sweeper-keeper. He likes to come off his line an awful lot and mop up behind that defence and we're going to be playing the high-defensive line under Ange Postacoglu so you do need that keeper whereas Hugo reach. Prefer to be rooted to the spot. I do think one weakness that concerns me is Ricky already um, alluded to it. He comes out and he punches the ball from crosses. For me, that's just putting you under even more pressure rather than alleviating it. I'd rather keep tr- a keeper that comes and claims it like a David Rea. But look, it's not David Rea. The whole reason why a lot of people wanted David Raya in the first place is because of his feet. But... You know, a lot of people in Italy say this guy's brilliant with his feet. to Goh put out an article the other day saying that he's worked really hard on that area of his game over the last few years to be able to be more like a modern day keeper. And his mentality is supposed to be absolutely solid. And you can see that by how hard he works. And that's what we need at Tottenham. A guy that wants to come in and improve his game while he's here. And, and for me, I think, look, it's a risky signing, a very, very risky signing. A gamble that may not pay off. However, I will say, we know we've got Fraser Forrester there as a as a capable backup if things don't go wrong with this guy. But I do encourage all Spurs fans, I get it's not David Rea, but please, I know there's a lot of people that a lot of us all have our problems with the regime and the ownership, but let's not put that on someone like Vicario. Let's actually give this guy a chance. Let's see him between the sticks, between, between the sticks before we actually sort of, you know, make judgments on him or knock him or this, that and the other. Let's actually give the guy a chance rather than, put him down before he gets here. I think that's very, very valuable because I've seen this a lot over the last few transfer windows where players are already being ridiculed before they've yeah. even touched the ball at Tottenham because of the frustrations with the ownership. So I do urge people,
0: give a carrier a chance before we judge them. Yeah, well, also, also, also last, thing, last thing on it, I know you're going to move on, Chris, but Kepa cost what? 70, 72 million?
4: Yeah.
0: Hasn't worked out for Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got a couple of games but hasn't worked out. They had to bring in Mendy and then even Chelsea now, they're looking at another keeper. So it's not about the price tag. It's about the, the, the man, the person, the ability and what you're after in a keeper. Every single transfer is going to be a risk. It's hopefully, this is the, it, it, it's a well-balanced and thought-out risk that we've gone out and tried to get this keeper. And, and fingers crossed, of course, he's going to have a few shaky moments. It's a new league, mm-hmm. it's a new team. But we, we've got to back him. We've got to have his back. And he, he will have ours. He's a very highly rated keeper.
2: And fingers crossed, he can re- reach his potential in a Tottenham shirt.
4: And Rick, we also...
2: Say, go, on, go on, Max. No, I was going to say, Rick, we also forget that Chelsea spend £50 million on a player and then think, oh, we'll just go chuck another £50 million, And we ain't going to do that. So it's like whoever we spend a lot of money on... We're stuck. We're stuck with them. We can't just go out and spend another hundred million straight away, unlike some of these other clubs, because that's just True. not how we operate. Like we, we, have, we could. Obviously, we know how how rich Tottenham are now, how how the board are, and etc. But that's just not how we operate. So mm. it's just, I feel like. Sorry, Chris. I know you probably wanna 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 move on, but um, yeah, that's that's the thought on that. We have to be so careful with our signings because, as you know, recently with big money, it just hasn't worked. So. Yeah do we know how much whether he has been given a budget if it has let's say if it was around the 100 pound 100 million mark um he knows he's getting a, a keeper a lot cheaper than that 40 million that it would have been it means we can look elsewhere to improve other positions as well instead of just spending what big money on one position i don't know i feel like there's a lot more behind the scenes that we just don't know um it just for this example it looks like a good move like he does look good and a solid one. So that's why we're all accepting it, so to speak. If it was someone we'd never heard of and no one had said, oh, he looks good and we haven't seen his triple save and it was literally £20 million on someone we've never seen before, it's a completely different story.
4: Well, it is expected that Guglielmo Vicario will be a Tottenham Hotspur player tomorrow um, after his medical. Um, Max, let's come to you. Let's talk about Fulham defender Tosin Adara Bioyo. Um, mm-hmm. 25 years old, 6 foot 5 inches, um, the Football Insider have stated that Spurs uh, would like a cut price fee uh, for this player because he's got 12 months left on his contract. Um, now, he's played 99 games in uh, league competition for Fulham. Uh, of course, he was a Manchester City player. Uh, he played eight games for them in all competitions, but not a Premier League appearance. Uh, he had a couple of loan spells at West Brom and Blackburn. Um He is an under uh, 16, 17, 18, under 19 England international, um, described as athletic ball playing centre back. And Pep Guardiola once said about him, fast, strong, strong in the air and has the quality to look behind the line for the next pass.
2: Your thoughts on Adara Bioyo? So, if you've just mentioned Pep saying he's decent, why has Pep not, not got him back at Man City? That's my that's one of my only only questions regarding They're, they're
4: um, full of quality. They can't have them all.
2: <laughs> I thought they couldn't buy anyone. But um, do you know what? I'm very underwhelmed by that if we do end up going ahead with him, considering the other centre-backs we have been linked with. No disrespect to him at Fulham and no disrespect. He's obviously done well. For England under under 19s, etc. But it's another Tottenham signing. I'm I'm not getting excited about that. I'm sorry. There's out of all the ones I've been doing a little bit of homework on and looking at the compilations. um, I mean, I don't even have to watch compilations to know that I'm not interested in that signing. I think it, it sounds horrible. And if we do go ahead with it, I don't know if anyone knows the actual price and if you mention the price, what the tag they're looking for. But being English, that automatically puts his price above. Probably some of our other targets anyway, because that's always the case. And I just, I'll just i be honest with you, I don't know enough about him. About, I know more about the players that we have been linked with in terms of the old Van der Vaart, geezer, that, I've, that you're going to pronounce probably incorrectly again. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably one of the worst to, to talk about about that defender. I don't know enough about him.
4: Max, I think it's fair to say whenever we have a transfer window, it is all about improving the squad, improving the starting eleven. There's a comment here. Give me Tosin over Eric Dyer and Sanchez. Is he better than them? Yeah.
2: You say Sanchez, I mean, I'm glad he's actually finally leaving. I mean, look, that was just an example of us spending big money on a centre-back and that pressure to perform every single game. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not happy with that to be honest. I'd rather go out there and do do our proper bit of research before we go and spend the money on a on a big centre back again. I mean, look, I don't know. Ricky will probably say something more to, to spice up the mood <laughs> a bit more about that because I'm, I'm not giving no no positivity towards that. It's just, it's I, I personally don't feel like that is going to be a sign in it. Like Post is coming in and that's that's someone he's going to want. yo yo for you, Rick.
0: You know what, to tell you the truth, a bit like Maxi, I haven't seen too much of him. Um, but when you look at the profile, it is it is the same type of profile that we're looking for. So we're looking for strong, quick, um, you know, uh, a defender that, who's able to play with the ball, dribble out from the back, uh, short passes, long passes. So the profile is there. Um, but a bit like Max, if he was to come in, I think he would be like third or fourth choice. Now, that's OK if we do get rid of all of the centre-backs that we want to get rid of. You know, whether that's Roden, um, Dyer, Sanchez, uh, Longley. You know, we, we're going to need a new set of centre-backs. So, if he's going to be that type of player that's in third or fourth spot, that's somebody who can develop, somebody who can come in for a Romero if he's suspended or, or, or injured or away on internationals, then, then maybe that's the right thing to do. I'm not sure. But again, a bit like Maxi, um, I'm more kind of excited by the other two defenders mm-hmm. that we've been linked with. And, you know, I won't say it now because I'm sure we're going to get onto it. But um, the other two defenders that we've been linked with, I'm more excited about. But if we're looking at a, a squad of players and we're looking at a revamp and we're looking at ripping up the side that we've got right now, well, there's a lot of defenders that we need to get rid of. All, there's a lot on all of our sell lists. And if this is a young prospect, I know he's 25, not that young, but if he's considered as one of those young prospects that could come in and kind of work as cover who is above the ability of Sanchez, above the ability of Dyer, above the ability of someone like Tangango or Roden, then maybe it's a smart one. I can't tell you it's a smart one because again, I, I, I haven't seen too much of him. I've seen him a bit, but I haven't seen too much of him. And, I, and when I have seen him, I haven't been like, oh, we need to get him. I haven't mm. had that moment. Do you know what I mean? I haven't no. had that moment with him. But maybe he's saving those moments for a Tottenham shirt. All we can can say I chuck, now is that chuck a spanner in the works? Go for it, Max. I'll,
2: I'll chuck a spanner in the works. So, good example would be one of those, no disrespect to obviously any of the, the clubs, because we can't really talk from where we finished last season, but those clubs towards the... The bottom side of the Prem. There was obviously Nathan Ake when he was at Bournemouth, and obviously now he's won the Premier League with with Man City. So it doesn't. It goes to show there is players. Obviously, just because they do play for a team that's obviously not Champions League football doesn't mean they're not gonna make it after a few years. It's just it's how they're coached. It's. Uh, I mean, I think Nathan Ake is a good example for for that. It just goes to show. It all, it all depends if they fit in the the system. Then then they can work. But obviously, it just goes because I haven't seen enough of him. That's why I can't comment.
0: Also, you know, there was a lot of players that Ange brought into Celtic that they didn't have a clue about. And I'm sure Dave will go on to that because I know you, you follow Celtic. You have, a, you know, your left eye on Celtic, but your right eye is on Tottenham Hotspur. I know that much, Dave. But, um, but there was a lot of players that came in uh, under the Ange uh, system that a, a lot of Celtic uh, supporters didn't know about. Someone like Cameron Carter-Vickers has come in and, and has been an Adonis has, has been a stalwart, has been a, 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 a proper kind of post-acoglu player in that system. And, and a lot of people at Tottenham wouldn't have had him in, in our under-21s, let alone a backup. Do you know what I mean? So we, have, we, we as supporters, we've got to put our faith and our trust in those that are making decisions. And then we can slag them off a bit later.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Dave, Adara, yo for you.
0: Look, for me, I think
1: rather than just write someone off because we don't know too much about him, I think you got to look mm. into what he really is. You know, if if Romero or if we bring in a taps over to play alongside him, if one of them get injured, the last thing we want is Stamson Sanchez or Dyer stepping in again. They're just not good enough. You want someone that's a lot better on the ball, from the, on the ball than them, four-line post Coglu system, and this guy is very, very good on the ball. If you go and look at so, um, some stuff about him, he, 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 he can split that defence. He can split that defence, the opposition's defence, from centre-back with his passing range. Who was the last player at Tottenham that was able to do that? Toby Alderweireld, Absolute mastermind. That it was brilliant. He's good. He's quick. He's strong. He's athletic. He's come from the City Academy. You don't come through the City Academy if technically you're not good enough. And you look at some of the players that have gone from that City Academy onto on other clubs, like Gavin Bazunu. Brilliant goalkeeper, Lavia, who everyone is looking to get out of Southampton right now. So that City Academy do produce good players. We've just got to remember who they're up against. They're up against the likes of Laporte, Diaz, stuff like that. So obviously, some of them are going to end up going elsewhere. And that's exactly what this guy done. he didn't let him leave because they wanted to let him leave. They had a, an injury crisis in the back line and he didn't get called. He didn't get recalled from Blackburn Rovers. So he said, right, well, then obviously they have no future for me. So I'm out. Went on to Fulham. The first season at Fulham, even though they got relegated, there was a lot of rave reviews about this guy from Fulham fans. They really liked him. Crucially in their promotion push as well. And actually, the... That year, when when Skriniar went off to um, was in talks with PSG to go off for free, Inter Milan were looking at bringing this guy in to replace Skriniar. and also, um, you know, this guy Fulham actually want him to sign a new contract. He's refusing that at the minute because he wants to go to a bigger club. So they ended up extending his contract. So there is room for there to get for us to get him there for about fifteen million. You know, he cl- classifies as homegrown. We also have to improve that core in our squad as well. So I do think there are some positives to bring in. But as long as he's brought in alongside a main centre-back, I have no issues with it. Because for me, when I look at him, I think he's a a capable sort of deputy, a capable backup. One little slight thing is, and I'm not sure why it's happened, but this season under Marco Silva, he started on the bench 13 times. That's very unusual for him since he's been to Fulham. So I'm not quite sure where, where it's sort of gone wrong for him last season. I can't really pinpoint it. But for me, as a squad player... I would say no problem at all if, if, if that's what he's here for. But as a main signing, um, I, I wouldn't say so, no.
4: Is this window, Dave, about squad players or is this window about improving the starting eleven? particularly as we're not in any European football? Because the way I see a transfer window is, are they better than what we've already got? Mm-hmm. Is, he, is he better than what we've got already?
1: I think, well, not Romero, but I think everybody else, I think he's better than. And look, let's be honest, it's not hard. You know, all you have to do is learn to control the ball and pass it and, and, you know, stay switched on. Um, And and you're better than half half of these guys. But look, he is better than them. And I think we just have to be conscious. Yes, Tottenham, I think, are going to bring in a main centre back to play alongside Romero. But you have to think about the strength and depth in that behind that position, because at times, you know, everyone says, oh, keep Dyer and Sanchez and and all that around for backup. But the reality is when they step in, it's such a drop off in quality, it has a detrimental effect on everyone else around them. So we have to, especially in in, in defense, we do have to think about the depth in that. We do have to think about backup options in that position now when you move on to midfield and other areas you can sign you know the very best you can get but in defense even though you're going to bring in one you do have to bring in extra center backs and you can't expect spurs to go and spend 70 80 million for or 60 million for a guy that's going to ride the bench plus he ain't going to sign if he's going to ride the bench at that price either so we do have to look at the strength in debt especially in that area
3: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18-plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Max, let's come to you. Another player that we're being heavily linked with at the moment, and that's Edmund Tabsoba uh, by a Labour-Cousin defender, 24 years old. Uh, the fee uh, that is being discussed is around £25 million. He's being compared to Jerome Boateng for his speed, strength, passing ability and composure. He's been a Bayer Leverkusen player since 2020. 100 uh, league appearances for the German club, scoring three goals. Thoughts on uh, Tab Sober? Would he improve Spurs' backline?
2: <clears throat> he would definitely improve our backline. Um, he looks like he's comfortable on the ball. He looks strong, physical, Um I know I hate going back to the old, oh, I've seen clips, but he does look like he's got good vision and can, can pick a pass. And that's something what we need from the back. I mean, how sick are you seeing our defence get the ball, pass it back to a keeper, pass it sideways? We don't have that yeah. player who can pick the ball up from the back, drive forward, beat a player. Sometimes you need that. Like, it's exciting to watch as well. And um, I feel like he would definitely fit in the new system, especially if it's attacking because he can... Look, defending wise, obviously, we need a powerhouse at the back. We need someone who's gonna be as good as Romero, you know, someone who can do the things that Romero can't. Like Romero, we know how good he is and he can be a bit rash, but just need someone else that can be there at the back. You can't always be relying on one centre back, especially when we have been playing three at the back. I mean, you know how much of a nightmare we've been. The defence has just been abysmal. So it just it is exciting. Hopefully we can just get some defenders that can pick a pass see like get the ball moving drive forward win the ball back he's not afraid to put a foot in um and that's what it is if we can just build from the back you know like getting that new keeper in, sort getting a couple of new defenders in it's just exciting again i want it to be exciting and yeah. i only know attacking football that's how the top that's how we used to play And the last couple of seasons you know we've had managers that have come in it hasn't worked it's kind of like, here's your chance, mate. Get us the right players for your system. And all of the targets so far seem to be fitting that bill. So it'll be interesting to see which ones we actually come out with. And it would definitely be someone. The only thing that does worry me is if it was it did end up being a lot of money. I just don't want it to be another Sanchez where, you know, we all rely so much on him. A big money sign-in the Premier League can be quite daunting for some of these players and they don't hit the ground running straight away. Um, So let's just see what happens, Chris. He's an exciting player, definitely. He would definitely be one to watch. And I just, I hope we can just, you know, not beat around the bush and end up going with someone else. Let's actually go out there, get the targets we want and uh, show the fact, well, the club needs to show the fans that we do mean business again.
4: Max, when I mentioned about uh, priorities, the goalkeeper, definitely a priority. The centre-back is definitely a priority it has to happen doesn't it it has to happen that we bring in a player of real quality to play alongside romero
2: yeah look i'm not asking i'm not asking us to sign free 40 million pound centre backs because that's just not going to happen but let's just like narrow our targets down to players that are going to work in our system and that's all we ask we we just want to be able to get the ball pick the ball up from the back and you know have players that want to drive and have that energy and creativity just to get the ball moving and we've got players that that will be coming back that know how to do that it's just we've been other other clubs just seem to be spoiled and we've always just been like oh we're hoping Romero's back and when he's not we've had the likes of Longley, Davis Dyer, Sanchez it's just none of them are good enough there's times where you just wish it was just Romero at the back Um so we just need someone else that we can rely on, really, Chris. It's you can't be relying on one one centre back to be able to think. Oh, thank God, he's in the starting lineup. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, you've got to build from the back. We need to stop conceding as many goals, and we've got the players up the pitch that will do the business, regardless in that in that form of respect. So, yeah, let's get let's get him in. Let's get him in, um, and let's just get the get the build done.
4: Max, very quickly, you mentioned uh, Clement Longley there. Um, many reports have stated that Spurs have put in a cheeky offer of €5 million euros to Barcelona. If we ended up with Clement Longley and he was starting the first game next season and we didn't get any of the targets and Longley was a Spurs player, how would you feel?
2: Well, I won't be there. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. It's, it's just... Even if we don't sign that many players this window, the keeper looks like it's wrapped up. It's gotta be a couple of defenders. It's gotta be I don't know, it's so obvious. We sit here every time we talk about transfers. I know I'm not yeah. in here all the time, but every time we have the same conversation, whether it's yeah. in the January transfer window, whether it's the summer, probably be sat here again next January saying, Why have we not improved it? We can see as fans where we need to <laughs> strengthen. We've always seen where we need to strengthen and we just don't ever get that job done. So Yeah, let's just sort out that defence this this summer, surely. Ricky, Edmund Tapsoba for you?
3: Really
0: excited about Tapsoba. Really excited about him, especially if we're playing a high press. I think his speed is going to be uh, transformative for us, especially alongside a player like Romero. Um, he's a right, uh, right-footed uh, centre-back, but as played on the left, does play on the left comfortably and can play either or. Uh, I think that's also important. His strength uh, and also his composure. His composure is really strong. So he knows when to make the tackle. He knows when to put a foot in. And <clears throat> nine times out of ten, he gets it spot on. So I think someone like him, I'm hearing today, 25 million, that's a really good price for the ability uh, of, of this guy right now. And again, another player with a high ceiling. Um, good on the dribble. Like Max was saying there, good on short passes, good on long passes. Uh, can get his head in. Um you know, so I think he's a really exciting player. I think, and, and somebody who's energe- a lot like the keeper, uh, who's, you know, got a new energy and got a new hunger. Some, some of the people, some of the, def- the defenders we've had around for a long time, even though they might be ready to go again, sometimes their mind can be tired. Not so much their body, but their mind can be tired of going, oh, okay. I'm going to be on the bench again this week. Oh, all right, cool. I'll, I'll play this system. All right, okay. I'm asked to do that. Well, he's going to come in and he's just going to chomp on everything that he's given, you know. Um, so it, it, from the sounds of it, it looks like he's hungry. It looks like he's, he's open to coming to Tottenham. Um, and I think he'll be a really, really exciting defender to have at, at, at Spurs. I think the speed in itself, we've, we saw how many times and Longley being one of them, I can't remember what game it was, but it was—I think it was a Champions League game. One of the ball, there was a ball that came over, and all he had to do was chest it, head it forward. But he ended up opening up his body and putting it on his knee, and then the the striker just nipped in, took it off of him, and scored. And if you've got pace, then you don't have to worry about certain things like that. Do you know what I mean? So I think pace is going to be a really important attribute as well as the composure in a high press in an Ange Postecoglou system, from what we're seeing. We don't know what type of system he's going to put out for us right now. And yes, he, you know, we've heard that he likes to keep it the same in every club that he goes at with little tweaks here and there. But somebody with his ability, I think, will be transformative for Tottenham Hotspur.
4: Can I just put someone straight in the comments? They, they're saying that I want Clement Longley back. I, I definitely do not want Clement <laughs> Longley back. I tell you that. I, I've said on, uh, on, on many streams or, or many videos these last few days... I'd be very, very disappointed if we signed Clement Longley, even as a squad player, because I think that we could do better than that. Uh, Eric Dyer, Davinson Sanchez, if they're Spurs players next season, I will be disappointed. Um, Dave, um, on Tap Sober, um, do you think it's realistic for Spurs?
1: I think, I think it is realistic, however I don't believe the 25 million price tag This is a guy, uh, you know, he's got three years Left on his contract, you know he, he's, he's going to be going into the prime Years of his age, so I do think It might take us a little bit more than the 25 million, although that is what's reported I find that hard to believe on that one but Look, this guy solves a lot of issues You know, it's been a major problem Since Jose Mourinho days, where we just get Battered from set pieces, get battered Aerially, and this guy, that's one of his Main strengths is in the air, he's a very good header of the ball And uh, you know Ricky spoke about it there as well About the composure I mean You know That, that goal you were talking about uh, Ricky I think that was actually Against Man City The fourth goal And he was only after being subbed on As well But you know Eric Dyer also, done one against Liverpool, panicked, headed the ball down into Mo Salah's path. You will not get that from this guy. That that, that guy under pressure, it doesn't matter. He'll just cushion the head of the ball down to people beside him, which is which is what we need. Because too many times last season have you seen us, you know, balloon headers back into the middle of the park, this, that and the other under no real pressure. Very good on the ball. Not only does he have a great passing range, but what I like about him is, is that is if there's room to dribble, and space for him to drive into He will do that on the ball This guy can play But the most important thing is He's strong Last year I've seen too many of our defenders Being bowled over Thrown to the ground all around the place You will not do that with this guy You bounce off him You probably end up um, I, as, as an advertising on one of the, the, the hoarding boards around the side With <laughs> this guy is an absolute animal So for me You know I think solves a lot of issues I think it would be a sort of centre-back That I was looking for To come in maybe this window And I um, I do I do urge Tottenham to try and get it done quickly Because I think once we sort of agree A price, I think you'll see A whole host of other European club, top Clubs come in for this guy And that mm. maybe concerns me because he has a lot of Potential, and also I would encourage People, go, you know a lot of fans, would. you might get fans that say, oh, a little bit disappointing because it's not Cavardio or someone that we were linked in with last year. But if you actually go and check their stats, they're very, very similar in terms of stats. But this guy will cost half the price of Cavardio. Um, so for me, I think a very good sign. signing all around.
4: Well, In the last couple of days, uh, Fabrizio Romano said that there is interest in Mickey van der Ven, uh, of course, Wolfsburg defender. Uh, he has got lots of interest, including uh, Liverpool at the moment. Uh, the player himself said, if a nice club with a good plan arrives, I'd be open to the move. His agent said there are many clubs interested in Mithy. anything can happen. Uh, he's 22 years old. Played, he, he's played for Wolfsburg since 2021. Uh, seven under 21 caps for Holland. Uh, in October 22, he was included in the Netherlands squad uh, for the World Cup. Uh, didn't quite make the cut um, in the last two seasons. 38 league appearances, one goal, uh, 41 appearances in total for Wolfsburg, scoring once. Um, Max, a player that excites you. Do you think this, this one could get over the line uh, because he wants a club with a plan? Does Spurs have a plan this summer? <laughs> <laughs> do we ever have
2: a plan? <laughs> um, if he can see and the new season, the new manager with the way that we want to go going into the new season and it's all about whether our players want to come in now. They, they're going to know we haven't got European football. They're going to know we're, we're going to be focusing on the league. We're all about it starting fresh. There's players, that it's it's a new plan, new manager, even the fans. We, we don't really know what to expect and it's whether he wants to come and play the Spurs way. <laughs> we, I mean, we don't know what that is but he looks like such an exciting player. I just hope that other clubs don't, as soon as I heard Liverpool, I was thinking, oh, here we go again, because the amount of times we're linked with players, we just, we, we do, Oh, we we like we ask them, oh, how much do you want, how much do you want? Like, we, we we beat around the bush and then a club will come in, boom, there's an offer, they agree fees, and then that's it, done, player goes, and we end up getting second best. So, he looks phenomenal from what I've seen. He does look like he plays on that that side where, like, Davis would be, where Vertonghen Bat- used to be. Um, he, he does look like he has that similar sort of, like character and build about him other than being absolutely rapid which obviously Tottenham wasn't as quick as that because there's that clip that everyone's seen of him obviously clearing it off the uh, the goal line and he looks he looks absolutely rapid i mean don't get me wrong I couldn't care less how quick a centre back is or a defender these days but as you know it's more common in the day that we know and, and it, it's one of those features where it's it's good to have so if he can if he's getting compared to Ambatonga he's he's quick he's sensible he's he's good on the ball he he looks for a pass he doesn't just boot the ball up the field which I've seen he's he just looks like he's dominant and he's tall as well so um, no, exciting player, definitely. He's definitely. If we can get him and the, and the other one sorted from Leverkusen, I feel like that would be an absolutely solid window in terms of us moving forward. And then that's that would be brilliant. But yeah, is it realistic? Decided. I don't see why not. I think it is realistic. It's just as long as we don't mess about in terms of making the offer. Um I am going to quickly say something. Yes, people have been saying things about this this wallpaper. It is terrible, <laughs> I know, in the comments. So, can we just, like, forget about that? This was always the spare room in the house, so. <laughs> Oh, mate. You leave this <laughs> wallpaper alone, YouTube.
4: Some of the subjects that come up on these streams, is just unbelievable. We're talking about spurs and suddenly we're on wallpaper. You know, Gary with the sweets. It's just, we could be talking about anything on it. Um, okay, this Ricky? Wallp-
2: this wallpaper. No <laughs> um, wallpaper helped me to t- uh, playing on the Spurs football pitch. So that will live with me yeah. forever.
4: <laughs> Ricky, van der Ven, is it realistic for Tottenham? Because surely this is the sort of player that we should be targeting.
0: I, I think so. Um, I think it's, it, uh, it, it excites me because, again, it's, it's a player that is in the profile of a defender that we want and need desperately. Big, tall, strong. Uh, and like Maxi said, they're rapid, supersonic and i think that pace is going to is is going to be a new uh, kind of aspect to our play that we're going to need and rely on especially when you're playing a high line and a relentless press that Ange likes to like to play so someone like him i think would be fantastic is it realistic to get both of them i think so we are the ninth richest club in the world and i think we are the most profitable uh premier league club in 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 the league do you know what i mean um, so you know, if this is somebody who's going to transform you, um, if we can bring him in and also get, ship out the ones that we need to ship out, then we're going to mm-hmm. need, like uh, Dave was saying earlier, we're going to need that strength and depth. And somebody like that who comes from a Dutch way of playing, I always love the, the Dutch players, always like um, players from the Netherlands, those that grew, grew up play, playing within their systems and within their youth systems because they're never kind of restricted to one role. They always move about. They're always playing different positions so that when it comes down to the professional game, that they are well kind of versed in, in different systems, different ways of playing and different positions. And from what I've seen of this 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 young boy here, I think it would be fantastic for us. So is it realistic? I believe so. And if you want to change the perception and the kind of outlook of what Tottenham Hotspur is, then go get them both. Go get Tap Sober and this Van der Ven go get them both. Straight away, I think a lot of people will be excited, including the players within the squad. Not those that are going to be shipped out. Some might not be too excited about it. But I think those that are sticking around will be very excited to know that finally, we are we are we are dealing with a problem area that we've had for a couple of seasons now. For like three, four years we've had this 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 problem. And again, Ali Gold has, has said many a time and many a window, the last couple of windows that we've wanted to bring in two big centre-backs and we've just never been able to get rid of the, the numbers. But the reports coming out at the end of the season said that we were going to rip up some contracts. You know, we were going to be very ruthless with those that are not going to be around. And, you know, we might have to take a hit on a couple of these, uh, these expected prices that we want to sell for. But get it done. Get it done. Especially in a season like this when the lot of the like the boys were saying, we haven't got European football. You know, it is just the league and the domestic cups to, to concentrate on. Also, another thing, nobody's mentioning Chelsea, all right? Chelsea are money bags, and yes, their history says that they will win something. Yeah. But they them last season were even worse than us last season. They went and spent their six hundred million. They're going to be spending big this season. And nobody's talking about Chelsea not being in Europe. All right? Yes, I know being at Tottenham is a different game. Yes, it's a roller coaster. Do you know what I mean? Being at uh, Tottenham. But we've got a new manager on a long-term contract, which we're changing the philosophy. We're changing the, the direction. And we, I think we actually have a direction. Until Ange actually speaks, uh, you know, with the cockroach on his chest and we see a preseason game and we start to see what he's about, we're, we're not going to believe it. We're not going to fully know what he's about, but this is the time of change. It's the tide of change. If you want to get back up there and you want to start kind of competing in the level that you believe that we, as Tottenham Hotspur fans and the club, should be competing at, then this is the time to do it. Do not dilly-dally. Go and get it done. It's the right profile. They've got the right attributes. They've got the right stats. They've got everything going for them. Go and make it happen.
4: Dave, are you surprised that we haven't appointed a director of football yet, particularly when we're about to get Vicario signing over the line? Uh, Scott Munn and Postacoglu, of course, uh, officially start their job uh, next Saturday. Greta Steenston is on the verge of leaving the football club as well. Are you surprised that a director of football hasn't come in yet?
1: Yeah, I'm very surprised if you want me to be brutally honest. Even one of the guys, what was it, Stetton? We were looking at. I think he's on his way to West Ham now. Yep. You know, and, and and it's clear that we're still operating off some of Paratici's methods, you know. Um, that 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 goalkeeper Vicario was a guy that Paratici had identified, but also the way we went about it by agreeing personal terms with David Rea and Vicario. You know, that's something that Paratici has been known for, that he will go in for a number of targets and take the best option. So the reason why you're still watching us operate in similar ways to Paratici is because we don't have a director of football in here to show us how to operate. So we're still operating off the old methods, the old regime. Um, I don't quite know what's going on, why they haven't been able to get a director of football in. Um, maybe, maybe it could be that fact that Ange, Ange Postacoglu has identified a certain one or two and they're going to try and get that done. Right. and it's probably they've probably had to change their list. But look, in terms of um Steinson going out as well, I think look, there's a big sort of clear up in that department at the club because you just have so many people that are overlapping each other's job roles. You have uh Gabonini and the guy that does the head of recruitment for scouting for the academy, they're brought bringing in you know, um, um different sort of players. Gabonini is bringing in players from. From, from abroad and this guy's bringing in players from England So they have different, you're seeing different targets From different scouts going into that system You're seeing Andy Scholden, and Gabonini And Steinson all having a say on players And recruitment and stuff like that And there's just too much uh, cooks in the kitchen So they're having to clean that up right now And get a proper orderly structure in place So uh, just quickly on Van de Venis Well one thing that no one touched on is the guy is awful in the air, absolutely awful in the air. If you go and watch all highlight reels, you won't even you see barely any of them heading the ball because he actually, I don't know why, but he prefers to let the ball bounce. So we, are, if we do buy this kid in, don't get me wrong, I think he's fantastic on the ball. Um, and, and you know, he's got great pace and everything else, but we will have to work on this guy defensively. and I'm just not sure whether we're going to be bringing him as a centre-back or a left-back because he can actually play both positions. But I do like the kid because he, when I look at him, especially on the ball, the way he runs it on, I thought I was watching Jan Vertonghen. So for me, I would, I, I would definitely bring him in. But I do think it will be a big fee to get this guy in. You've got Liverpool interested. He's got a contract until 2027. I'm not sure Spurs are going to pay the fee um, that it requires maybe to get this guy in. I think it's one we should. Because if not, we'll miss the boat. You know, we missed the boat on Sven Botman, who went to Newcastle, and we're all sitting here ruining that now and praising that sign. And So I would like to see him brought in. And also, I know you guys wouldn't take Langley, but I would. I would take him in for the five million and has him as a backup. So it means we can clear out Davies, Sanchez, Dyer, and Patap, perhaps perhaps. Um,
4: yeah, I, I hear you a lot saying about clearing out players, yeah. and then I hear you a lot saying about backups. Do we want to keep clearing players out to bring in backups because for me it's it, you've got to be improving at starting 11.
1: Mm. No I I I hear what you're saying Chris but you're not you you're not going to sign players on 60 70 million that are going to come in here and accept the backup role. So you, therefore you do have to go out and identify some some players that are going to come in here that that you know you you don't sell it to them as a backup you sell it to them as look you're competing to get in the first team. And for me like, uh, I, get what you're, I get what you're saying, Chris, but the guys... Are but but, but is Ling-
4: someone like Lingley going to take us to that next level? We, we need to get back into Europe. Are these sorts of players going to take us there?
1: I don't think Langley is as bad as many people make him out to be. I think he's more competent on the ball than a lot of them. And I think, OK, yeah, he had some moments defensively that were, were maybe a bit suspect at times. But on the large part of it, I thought he was actually all right. And, you know, you got a player that came in here with zero confidence. And by the end of the season, I thought he looked very confident. I think you're getting an even more improved player coming in this, this time around for this season. OK, well... um,
4: Let's just very quickly talk about um, five other centre-back targets, Clement Longley being one of them. Um, And then, of course, we've got Victor Nelson, um, who plays for Galatasaray at the moment, 24-year-old centre-back. We've also got Mark Gay, of course, Crystal Palace centre-back. We've been linked with Harry Maguire of Manchester United. And, of course, Gleason Bremer, who currently plays for Juventus. Uh, previous club Torino.
2: Now those five names, Max. Would you like to see any of them in a Spurs shirt this summer? <clears throat> as soon as I heard that Harry Maguire was linked with us, I couldn't believe it. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> like, what? Why out of every Premier League club has he got to be linked with Spurs? Like we've yeah. already got enough. We've got enough donkeys yeah. in the back there. We don't need any more. <laughs> Can you imagine going into next season, Chris? And you know, I would not be there if it was Dyer and Maguire lining up and well, the centre back. Could-
4: I mean. Dyer and Maguire together, that would be the ultimate nightmare, I think. But you know, if you if you ended up getting getting you offloading Dyer and then bringing in Maguire,
2: it's just like It makes no sense. I don't know. we've been crying out for years, other than maybe that first break pre season, the season after where he was actually good when he broke into the England side and all that where like we were raving about him. But the last few seasons, it's like he's only there because we haven't got anyone better to bring in and replace him. So he just keeps stealing well I'm not even gonna go into say stealing a living because he's you know he's had his moments. It's just his their their time to go. Why would you replace a player that has the same attributes? Like it makes no sense. It's the same player. It's not it's not what we need, and it's not going to help us, especially with this attacking new philosophy. We need players to be good on the ball and strong. And I don't know. United fans just they'll be they'll be happy to see the back of him. I'm sure. What but about you, Rick? No, no. Go Sorry, Matt. Go on.
4: No, no, that's fine. Go on, Rick. Those five names that I mentioned. Would you like to see any of them in a spur shirt? I,
0: li- I like Bremer. I mean, I liked him when we first looked at him. Um, but, yeah, the whole kind of Harry Maguire thing, I think, you know, when you can see... We, we, I heard a report the other day that Man United was going to pay him £10 million to leave. And I think that that says a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think that says a lot. Do you know what I mean? If you're getting paid to leave, I think that says a lot. Look, <laughs> we've seen some good England performances, but I just, like Max was saying there, uh, I just don't see it making any sense. You know, he comes in and he plays the same kind of role as Dyer. I think the two profiles that we were just talking about there had speed, strength, you know, uh, like Tapsobak, composure, uh, they had passing ability. Even the young boy at Fulham, they were still in within the same profile. And the guys that you mentioned there are a bit outside of that profile. So, I, I like Bremer out of a lot of them. Um, who else was it, Chris? It was McGuire. I just day. got stuck on McGuire. Yeah. Ma- Mark day for around
4: that. £50 million, pounds, would you take in?
0: Yeah, not for £50 million. I mean, I think £50 million is an inexpensive, you know, it's a lot of our budget to, to kind of pull out, put, put out on him. And somebody who plays right centre-back, and he's not going to take Romero's spot for me. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, who's the others? Harry McDyer. <laughs> who's the others? Uh, Gary. Uh-
4: Clement Longley, would you take him?
0: Okay, I mean, again, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of very. Look, my initial answer is no, but I, I do hear what Dave's saying there. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's five million, million yeah, five did,
4: did, million. does it matter? You, does it matter about the could. price? Does it, does it matter to you as a fan how much money we're paying? It, but no. Why is it like? Oh, he's, he's five million. Oh, we're taking for five million. If he's not good enough, yeah. he's not good. Cool, whatever price. I mean,
0: Uh, Yeah, do you know what? I think you're right, bro. I think you're right there. Do you know what I mean? You know, it doesn't really matter about the price. It was only if you was looking at it from a business perspective, which we do not want to do as fans (laughs) and supporters. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll we'll leave that to the the, the people in the the board that sit around the round table. Do you know what I mean? But no. So, yeah, for me, bro, like the only one out of a lot of them would be Bremer. For me, I don't think I think Mark Mark Gay has got a, he's got good potential. I think again he's within the profile, but I just think way too expensive for what we're after and the budget that we have, and the other the other positions that we need to strengthen.
4: Nice easy question for you, Eric, from Anthony. How much do you expect Enoch to spend this window?
0: Twenty five pound.
4: Surely, surely we've got to we, we've no. got we've got to back the manager this, this summer, haven't we? We've got to spend a fair yeah. bit of money
0: yeah and i think that the kind of numbers are going to stay kind of under wraps so that we can get the best prices for the for the players that we want you know i think if the number comes out that we've got 200 million to spend then i think that everyone can tweak their prices and you know try and get the best deal that they can get off of us but i think that's why we're trying to keep it quiet also to remember so i would guess at about at a minimum or a round number of about 100 million but we've also haven't drawn out that other 50 million that Enoch put in last season. So that's 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 still in the bank. That still hasn't been drawn out yet. And Ali Gold, as we've mentioned a couple of times on this show, checks company house every day. And he said the other day that it still hasn't been drawn out yet. So we do have a little reserve there of 50 mil sitting there in the background. But if you look at the structure of our deals, even though, for instance, Kulishevsky is 25 million, well, it's not really 25 million that we're spending, is it? It's like more like... Three point five a season, so you know, you know. So that's three point. Let's say we gave him five mil for for Kulu this season, then we've still got ninety five to play with. Do you know what I mean? So even though the, the 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 kind of the bottom line number might be a big one, that doesn't mean that you're shelling out the, the the full whack straight away. So I think the way that they're structuring the deals, I think the way that the European market is right now, and especially because. A lot of sides in different leagues don't have the money to spend. So I think that that's where these deals can be accepted, you know, from their point of view. So, um, yes, you know, 250 million euros, I think would be fantastic. I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, we, we know Tottenham. But I think that something like 150 to 200 million in the bank, you know, to go out there and transform this side, I think would be reasonable.
4: Dave, um, those five defenders that I mentioned, who would you like to see as shirt this summer?
0: Um, Bremer out with a whole
1: lot of them If you want me to be brutally honest I really like out I think he's an absolute animal defensively um, But look there is questions Whether he can play in a back four or not um, Look for uh, uh, Maguire I think he's the sort of punt You might take in a January If you're really struggling To find other defensive targets But it, as a summer target No And also Mark White He are never ever going to pay the money That Palace want To be able to get him out of there Too expensive in my eyes So again uh, No um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take any of them. I think too, too expensive for my liking.
4: Now, the last player that I wanted to talk about, and that is a big target, and it has been reported that Antipoza Coglu has told the Spurs board, go and sign him. Uh, Fabrizio Romano has stated in the last couple of days that Spurs will try and get this deal done uh, with Leicester, James Madison. Um, Max, let's come to you on James Madison. I'll tell you what, for me... I've been a big fan of James Madison over the years. Even when he played for Norwich City, I even said when he was a Norwich uh, player, Spurs should go and sign him. And we didn't. And we've been linked with him for many, many transfer
2: windows. James Madison for you. Would
4: you like to see him in a Spurs shirt? 100%.
2: Hundred percent. He's he's someone I feel like he would be. He'd make such a difference to our side. It's, it feels like we finally would have replaced that sort of attacking midfielder that we need. We know that he can play. We know that he can play with Harry Kane as well. Obviously playing with England, it's just it's kind of a no-brainer. Especially with how bad they were last season. It's not like they were flying. And he's going to stay there. Like he's going. He wants to move. He's yeah. like it's a no-brainer. Just go out there and. Tell the league that we're we're going to be back in business next season because he will get us back to the Champions League like around that sort of position. It's it's so infuriating, and the fact we've like dilly dallied again, like saying I'm 25 million for him and 25 mil for Barnes. It's like, come on, man. He's he's England. He's proven. He's he's set piece taker. We know that he's he's good on the ball, creative. He scores goals. He does everything in attacking part of the park like you're not I'm not telling someone to come in and to say oh we need to we need someone who has to play box to box he's literally gonna sit there in that number 10 spot producing magic and if we can't go out there and sign someone I don't know who who else are we gonna sign in that position for 50 million that we're linked to it's just it's on a plate there honestly Premier League proven go out and get it done and if if the boss wants him then I don't and we don't get him then we're already letting him down Fifty million pound, ring, Is he worth it?
0: Uh, I think so, bro. I mean, the only the only discrepancy is the twelve months. Okay, but I think so, and and especially like exactly what uh, Maxi said there. You know, somebody who can play in that num- number ten role, somebody who can be the creator. I mean, I don't know how long we've had. How many podcasts have we had? Chris, yeah. where we've spoken about a creative midfielder, where we've spoken about somebody who can be, you know, the guy that can un- uh, unlock the pass and-, and break down that that kind of rigid defence, you know, when they play two banks of four back to back, you know, he is somebody that can do that. And I think he would flourish uh, with with Harry uh, ahead of him, with Sonny on one side, with Kulu on the other side or Poro, you know, w- with the attacking play that we're going to be uh, implementing next year. I, I think he would be fantastic for us. So if he's your number one, absolutely go out there and get him. But at the same time, and I know, listen, because I'm one of these people that do get frustrated when we haggle for a player. But you've got to let the club do do the business. Do you know what I mean? If we look at the money that they end up spending on Benton Kerr, absolute steal. Do you know what I mean? We haggled over Kulu. We got five million up. Absolute steal. Do you know? You know? So... Let them do what they got to do. My, my only worry is, is somebody like a Man City or a Liverpool or a, a Man United coming in to kind of just drop the money there and, and get it done. We know that yeah. Leicester are very tough negotiators. Every single player that is left, they've they've pretty much got the money that they've asked for. But they're in a precarious position right now. They've gone down to the champion, championship and, um, you know, they're going to need money. Uh, they couldn't spend no money last year as well. So... It's definitely going to be a bit of a poker game between Tottenham and Leicester. But let, let them do what they got to do. But if it takes that extra little five mil to get it over the line, then I just beg that Tottenham actually make it happen. Because from all reports and from all the in the nose, you know, it sounds like he wants to come to Tottenham. It sounds like he wants to be in London. It sounds like he's, he's actually up for this project. It sounds like he's actually excited for this project. He's also friends with Harry Kane. So that was another selling point for Harry Maguire, wasn't it? Oh, he's friends with Harry Kane. I don't care. They're paying him 10 million to to, to say goodbye. Do you know what I mean? But put an extra 10 million on Madison and get another friend in. Do you know what I mean? Like, why not? But uh, yeah, I absolutely think that for the style that we're going to be playing next year and the, the, the profile of the player... Like Maxi said there, who else are we going to get for 50 mil from around the world that is going to come in and, and do the job that he's going to do? It's not going to happen. It's going to cost us 60, 70, 80 mil to get somebody of that type of ability. So let's go ahead and let's make it happen.
4: Yeah, there were a lot of newspaper reports stating that Spurs put in a £50 million bid for Harvey Barnes and James Madison. But Spurs have not put any bids in uh, at all for James Madison as yet. So watch this space. But Fabrizio Romano expects Spurs to be working on the deal next week. Um, Dave, James Madison for you. Does he fill that void since Christian Eriksson left? Because as Ricky said on this podcast, after matches so often, we've spoke about lack of creativity. Will he do it for you, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he will I, I think he will Look, he's a creator. He's a scorer So, you know It's that sort of player That we need uh, He also picks you up A lot of free kicks as well Which means We, we, we can stay up In the opposition third. So that's all a plus But look, I also think It's a sign in that it'd be great for someone like Madison because you've got the European Championships coming up at the end of next season. And, you know, if he wants to get into that England squad, if he can come in and hit the ground running and put chances on a plate for Harry Kane, that means Southgate has to bring him and he'll have to play him. So I think it'd be a great move for someone like James Madison if he's thinking ahead in terms of England and stuff like that. So I think it's a very good move for him. I think it's a good move for us. But I also think it's a sign in that, um, you know, we, we, we'll 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 galvanise the Spurs fan base. I think a lot of people would be behind this. I think a lot of people would be excited about it, and uh, it'd be a bit. It'd be a good signing to sort of kick off the Ange Postacoglu regime. And if, if Ange Postacoglu wants him, I want him. Now look, I've I do have a few concerns over. Maybe his attitude and that he he really wants that London lifestyle because we've seen before with players, you know, that London lifestyle can also take you off your game. So that concerns me a little bit. But look, good signing. We need to improve the English quote around the uh, squad, you know, so that we can start shifting out some of the other ones that are just not good enough anymore. So it's a signing all around that makes sense.
4: Now, last question for you all. Max, let's start with you. Um, Who would you be disappointed seeing still at the football clubs next season. Who do you want to leave the football club this summer? And out of the 11 lone players coming back, we've got Onden Ballet, uh, we've got Lacelso, Winks, Rodan, Regulon, Brian Hill, Spence, Parrot, uh, Scarlett, White and Doggy, Out of those 11, who do you think is going to get an opportunity under Postacoglu?
2: Well, I'm glad you mentioned. Apologies for my Wi-Fi drops out. <clears throat> it's been terrible all night. Um, I'm excited to see Adogi, definitely, he looks like he's going to be a good addition. I'm glad you mentioned him. But in terms of who do I not want to see next season? God, I don't know where to start. Um, to put things nicely, I just I hope I don't have, to have I don't want to see it's going it's not going to happen. But I would I don't want to see Dyer there. I, I don't want to see Davis there. I said it before. I don't want to see Ndombélé coming back and Twinkle Toes in midfield. Yeah, he can do it in Italian league. It just shows you the difference in the leagues, and that's why. Signing players that a lot of us haven't heard of, and it is sometimes such a big, a big risk because you know you've got to trust the manager, and that's why we scout players, and this is why they do their homework, and this is why we're not getting paid to do it. So there's so many players in that squad last season. Like look, Brian Hill ended up leaving, and then he ends up smashing it wherever he's gone. You know what I mean? For for Severe, etc. So it, it's it is so frustrating. There's too many. There's too many. There's too many passengers in that side. Um, and it's so frustrating as a Spurs fan every season. I feel like we don't ever shift the deadwood. Why? Why can't? Why do we always struggle just to move players on? Even if we're going to take a loss, just sell them on. Use that money into another player. Get rid of a couple of players and bring one in. I don't know. We just always seem to have. We've got loads of centre backs, but none of them are any good. It's like that's why we finished where we did because the team just isn't good enough. And each manager that's coming in, yeah, we're we're signing players people say we haven't been investing. We have each manager that has come in has ended up spending a little bit of money on different players, but the players never leave. Honestly, that roster must be absolutely massive. Must be like 30 players on there because I feel like I never see players leave. Um, So yeah, it's just frustrating. There's too, too many in that team that you could even go through to get rid of Chris. Um, Let's just hope that he can come in. That first press conference, will know a lot more about him. I'm excited just to see what happens. I'm sure that the whole Spurs world will just stand still. And wherever anyone is, they'll be tuning in to, to see that first interview.
4: Max, what's the minimum number of players that Spurs need to bring in to make you happy?
2: Including the keeper that's just come in? Or in addition? Because I still feel like... We definitely still need an attacking midfielder, whether it is Madison or not. So that's one. I feel like we need two, two defenders, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say another midfielder. So across the board, I'm going to say four. So five all in all.
4: Okay,
2: I, I would say a lot more. Um, Ricky, is it, is it doable? I don't know, but
4: it has to be. I don't know. Back, back the new man. Back the new man. I don't think, think it's realistic
0: place. that we're going to sign more than five. We have to. <laughs> it, it, it was realistic for Nottingham Forest. Do you know what I mean? And they just went out there and made it happen. You know, they didn't care. Um, but Chris, uh, you know, yeah, I did, it, to be fair. This, is, this is a tough one. Mate. I, I'm really excited about you, Doji. I think Spence will get an opportunity at right back as well. So I, I, I'm really happy for those two boys to see what they can bring to the, to, to the team. Um, but Perisic, I think, has got to go. Um, I think that we could probably get a small fee for him as well. Sesenyo and I think his time is up. I think Dyer, for however much I've all, I've I've liked him as a person and I've liked his attitude and he's kind of he the the way that he wanted to turn us into especially when he first turned up that he he wanted to get rid of the soft underbelly uh, of Tottenham but he's almost kind of contributing to that soft underbelly now. So he's probably his time is probably done now as well. Sanchez has got to go, uh, Roden's got to go, Longley should go, um, Tanganga I would send on loan or probably get rid of him. I don't think we've ever seen the, the, what Tanganga could bring because he's always had two or three uh, games and then he's been out of the side again. He's, you know When he first started for us, he was a young player, so there were going to be rash challenges, there were going to be rash moments. But I would give you the example of Ficaro Tamori at AC Milan. A similar thing happened to him at Chelsea. And then he got the move to AC Milan and then everybody was speaking about him. So, I, you know, so Tanganga I'm like this with. Um, but, yeah, a lot of them uh, should go. I think Winks needs to go as well. Uh, I, I I would let him go on a free, to tell you the truth, or try and get a small fee from a Luton or, you know, a, a promoted side, basically. Uh, and i think yeah, he would probably do really well for them um La Celso and ndonbele Celso, for me out of the two of them you got to remember that ndonbele always done more than La Celso. so how whatever you feel about ndonbele lacelso done less less assists less tackles less goals less contribution less energy less he just done less so and and i didn't know what he what what he came in to do I, I still don't know what type of player he is I still don't know really where Leicester also plays so um, but yes I, I, I would sell him I think that the Spanish market are interested in him and, and I think Aston Villa are interested in him as well um, but yeah there's a lot and, and if we can get the, these players off the books and the biggest thing Max just going back to your point there why don't they all leave it's the wage structure it's because even though a, a little while ago we was kind of condemned for not paying high enough wages we pay high enough wages for somebody's dead wood to go you know what nobody else is going to pay me that so i'm just going to sit here i'm just going to chill out i'm going to go to training i've got a mm. contract and you've got to give me 100 grand a week whether you like it or not nobody else is going to give me 100 grand a week so you know what i'm going to just stay around and uh, that's the biggest sense, problem yeah. it's it, it's not so much the fees you know, of course, Daniel's always going to want to get the highest fee or the most amount of money back for a player that he spent on. But it's mostly to do with the wages that they can't get another side out there in a European league to match those wages. If we had the, the, the kind of shady deals. Is it shady? I don't know. It sounds very shady. But the connections that Chelsea have with the Saudi clubs, then this would be and this would be easy for the lot for all of our deadwood. We'd just be going, yep, yeah, all right, cool, take them on. Um, okay, that's what cool. I'm waiting for, Rick.
4: I'm waiting for the Saudi come, clubs to come in and and take our stars, Eric Dyer, Sanchez, take them. <laughs>
0: Me too, mate. Me too. But let's see. Let's see. Maybe there's something there in the works. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the reasons why certain players don't get moved on is those wages. But we've got to work that out. Whether that's a, whether we do a Harry Maguire and give him a little money to say, see you later, maybe that's an issue. That might be taken out of the budget. I don't know. But We've got we've, we've 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 got to cut our ties now with a lot of that sw- squad because it's just bloated in too many different areas and not the areas that Ange would like. If you look at that Celtic side and Dave jump onto this, mate. But if you look at that Celtic side, by the time he left, he had a, a um a kind of, yeah, two in every position in the pos- in, in the formation that he wanted to play, and then up top. He didn't just have wingers. He had wingers of different abilities. Some that that some that were pacey, Some that could dribble. Some that were skillful. Some that could get ahead. You know, like a, a head on a cross. Do you know what I mean? Like some, you know, some that came in and played number ten or or second striker. So he had that kind of those options to change the game at any time, and that's what we need to get back to. So we need to stream streamline streamline this squad. We need to get cut our losses with a lot of them, and if you have to give them signing off fees. Then give it. We've seen it before where we've kind of ripped up the contracts of Serge Aurier, Matty Doherty, Delhi Ali. We ripped up the contracts. We gave these players away yeah. for free. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like they're not prepared to do it when they have to do it. So it might be a, a, a case of, of that. Let's see what we can get in. Or, or even like kind of part exchange deals. Some of these defenders you know taps over we could kind of offer them sanchez or a, i don't know whoever else a dyer a Roden to kind of get an extra five mil off or to give it as a sweetener you know um i remember harry redneck used to say when dan used to go into into certain negotiations and we were selling a player we could sell one and get another one free do you know what i mean i don't know if you ever heard that story of when he was at portsmouth and he sold Jermaine Defoe and I think he gave, I can't remember the other player that he gave as well. But he, he ended up going, all right, cool, you're buying, you're buying Jermaine. Yeah, add this one as well on top. And that was just get him off the wage book. That was to get him out of the side so that we could then reinvest and kind of reinvigorate the Tottenham side. So let's, let's get creative with our deals.
4: Ricky, just give me a number. How many players do you want to see Spurs sign this transfer window as a minimum?
0: Including, including the keeper, it's gonna, I think it's going to have to be around five. I think it's going to have to be a bit around five, six. You know, keeper, two defenders, and, a, and maybe a kind of backup defender, um, an attacking midfielder, and a winger. So what we're looking at, five, six. So we, we need surgery. We need surgery.
4: What about you, Dave? Who do you want to see uh, gone from the squad this summer? And how many players as a minimum?
1: I mean, Chris, I could probably add another hour onto your podcast with this question. Uh, look, if you want me to be brutally honest, right, we'll start with goalkeeper. Hugo Reese has to go, Brandon, Austin and Alfie, white man. You go into centre-backs, Tanganga, Roden, Dyer, Sanchez, all have to go. Um, you go to left-back, Session has to go. Um, there's a lot of players in them areas that have to go. And then in order players to come in, you're probably looking at about eight players, if you want me to be brutally honest. And that's why I keep mentioning that some of them are going to have to be on lesser fees that would sort of be coming in to play the backup role because we have so much crap we need to get rid of and so much to bring in here. And the reason why I say like the likes of Adorabio and Alengla and stuff like that is to... Field the squad with better players than what we've got because you are going to have to do that because you are going to get injuries and stuff like that. So that's why I keep talking about shifting them out and and, and making our money spread so that we can add a bit of strength in depth. Now, look, I also, think he some, I also think some of the academy players have a chance under Ange Postacoglu as well, if believe it or not, because he's done a brilliant interview with Open Goal and uh, he spoke about how he got the Celtic B team to train and play the exact same way as the first team. I think he'll do something very similar with the under-21 squad, but we've also got a golden uh, generation of academy kids coming through. I reckon you might see an Alfie Darrington maybe squeeze in there somewhere in and around that centre-back. Alfie Devine has been one that's been around for quite some time, that they have very high hopes for, recently signed a new five-year deal. So you might see some of the um, youngsters that we've already got maybe filling out that squad. But look, for me, I mean, you probably have about, what, 10 to get rid of. I haven't even gone into Endombele, Weeks, LaSelso, people like that. So you've probably got about 10 to get rid of and you probably want about another eight in the door if you want me to be brutally honest. Because and I know people are going to say, Dave, that's harsh, isn't realistic. I but- agree, Dave this is the thing, Chris. You know, and I can see you get irked when I talk about some backup players coming in and stuff like that, because you just want the very best now. And I think we're all at that point where you know we're sick of it over the last three to four years. And some of the signings, like a lot of the signings we bought in, have been duds. You know, we've had two or three different attempts at this rebuild, one under Hitchin, one under Paratici, and nothing seems to improve. And we've stuck with a lot of the players from the Pochettino era that a lot of them bark in and Son and maybe and you got a Reese. They weren't even in the Pochettino best 11 or in the starting 11. And we've looked at them to sort of continue on the stuff from Pochettino to now. And it's just gotten too much. It's gotten too bad. No European football. You're watching players that can't even do the basics anymore, in possession or out of possession. You're watching players that don't want to move about on the pitch. And it's having a knock-on effect to the fans that are sitting there, you know, paying to watch that, you know, that they're not seeing a team that resembles their, their passion for the club, this, that, and the other. And, and and no longer can it be done in increments We've done that for too long And it's not, you know, with them increments You're not seeing enough improvement with them increments So it's got to the point where things have got that bad Where you have to just find the money from somewhere I reckon a good 200 million this summer If they want to be, if they want to get, uh, have a go at Champions League spots next season You're probably talking about 200 million And they're in a situation where they have to decide very quickly Do they want to do it? Do they not? Because you look at Brighton's scouting department, they've got years on us in that. So they're only getting better. at Brentford. Man United would just keep throwing money at it. Chelsea would keep throwing money at it. Arsenal have come to the fore. Newcastle up there. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So what you're seeing is, is it's no longer top six. It's more or less going into a top eight, top ten. And we are falling behind and we can't do that. So, you know, the club have to make a decision. Are they serious about it this summer or are they not? Dave,
4: the, the, the plan for um, next season. What do you think the board and in particular Daniel Levy has said to Poster Postacoglu, what is is the target for next season? Is it to try and get back into the top four? Is it try to get back into the top six, i.e. Europa League football? Uh, Because if he's expecting, Daniel Levy this is, if he's expecting Spurs to get back into the top four, then surely this rebuild has got to be big, This summer, the next couple of months, we've got to offload a number of players as me and you want, um, as we've said many, many times, and a number of players in of real quality. Of course, Spurs fans pay an awful lot of money, one of the highest ticket prices in the Premier League. You know, we want to see the best players. We want to be entertained. Uh, Postacoglu apparently is bringing uh, this fantastic, entertaining football. But what do you think the the ambition is for next season?
1: I think it is to get us back into top four. That's been the remit for every other single manager that's been here. It's why they sacked Pochettino, why they sacked Jose Mourinho, why they sacked Nuno, and why they sacked Conte. Because, you know, ultimately it looked like we weren't going to get... Well, Conte got himself sacked. Maybe that's a little bit different. But the other manager's yeah. top four was the remit. And I truly believe that they're going to go for top four again. Because if it wasn't, they'd probably cash in on Harry Kane this summer. But the fact that they have no... um they're, they're not going to cash in on Harry Kane. Like they said, I think they believe that top four is the remit because I feel that they feel if they tighten up that back line and we start keeping clean sheets. You know, we weren't too, too far off top four the, uh, last season gone by, bar a disaster spell and a few interim managers, which obviously made things a little bit worse. But, you know, you improve that back line and you've got a better son than what we had last year. You've got Kane, rather than looking to create and score, you've got him up there just scoring goals. I think they will be looking at us to get top four. And I believe they think Ange is good enough to get us top four as well. But it comes with the backing. You can no longer expect the managers to get top four if you're not prepared to give them what, what they need.
4: If he does have a fairly decent window, and we're all happy as Spurs fans about the window that we have, um, you know, when the window closed on the 1st of September, and say, Dave, that Postacoglu, we, we, we're seeing great entertaining football. You know, we, we're being entertained as fans, but league position in, say, mid-December, we're 8th, ninth, 10th in the league table. Do you think that the board are going to give him the time, bearing in mind that they have given him a four-year deal?
1: Uh, I think you'd be more looking at maybe April, where they're sort of to start to make a decision on it. But for me, one of our biggest problems is, and the reason why our squad's in such a mess in the first place, it resembles Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Conte and Nuno. That's four different regimes. That's four different regimes and that's why when every manager comes in, they have problems with the way they want to play because they don't have everyone and the types that suit their system and that's why you see the infighting in the squad that's always happening, the shout and the screaming, this, that and the other because everyone's been brought in for different reasons, different regimes. We're now at a point where we have to give a guy a couple of years to get his feet under the table and make it work. Not only are you looking at him making, you know, changing the first team squad, but you're also looking at him changing the whole culture of this football club. You're talking about him, you know, integrating the academy. You're talking about them getting fans back on side, you know, this, that, and the other. So there's a whole lot that has to happen. And when you look back, when you look on the Premier League, Mikel Arteta has had a few years in the Arsenal job. Look where they are now. Pep Guardiola, okay, Man City throw money out, but he's had a good few years in that job. Jurgen Klopp was given time to build something at Liverpool. I remember they lost to West Brom and they're over there doing all that to the fans. I was laughing at them, but at the end of the day, they backed um, um, Jurgen Klopp and they went on to win absolutely everything there is in club football. So, you know, when, when you give these managers times, that's where you really see their philosophy and all being implemented. And that's, it's simple. That's all we have to do. When you look back on our history, Gave Harry Redknapp time to build something. Look where he brought us. Gave Pochettino time. Look where he brought us. You know, Martin you was affording a little bit of time as well. Look how he sort of put us onto the right path. So, you know, the, the, the history is there at Tottenham as well. You give managers time, you get the reward. What you can't do is keep expecting this quick fix. And for me... I'm just fed up with them, you know, taking the piss out of the fan base. Not only is it the, the people up in the board level, but also some of them players in the playing squad. You know, you, you, you look at the fans. We've got the noisiest away fans in the league, the most loyal. You can even hear them. I sit at home and watch the games. You can hear them through the commentary and everything else. That whole stadium is packed out week in, week out, every single home game. Fans are chanting. A lot of the merch, regardless of what Tottenham are going through, it gets snapped up. They have one of the most loyal and some of the best fans, you know. That they need, they need to stop taking advantage of. Even look at fans like me, who can't go into the game. I'm crazy. I sit at home, rant, rave, scream at my TV about Tottenham, and they're just abusing the passionate fan base at this point. And not only that, but they're also making world class managers look average, look like dinosaurs. We were like when Jose left here, too old, too this, too that went on to win a Europa Conference League with Roma that we got booted out the next season out of the group stage. People, you know, have, have their have their gripes at like Conti, is out there, he's this, that, and the other. But the reality is, he's won at Chelsea, he's won at Inter Milan, this, that, and the other. So, you know, Pochettino, we should have given him the rebuild when uh, instead of sacking him. So we've got to we've got to stop this nonsense and the next appointment, and especially now that it's Ange, you've got to give it three, four years. You know, you have to give it the time. You can't just keep hiring and firing.
4: I promise this will be the very last question, but Ricky, I wanted to ask you exactly the same thing. Um, Poster on a five-year deal. Do you think the fans will give him time? Do you think the board will give him time? Um, And I'll ask you exactly the same thing as I did to Dave. In December, even in January, if we are mid-table, is that going to be good enough for the board? Is it going to be good enough for the fans? But if we do see progress, we're playing entertaining football and we can see that we are moving forward. I know it wouldn't be great in terms of league position, but if we could see signs that we are progressing.
0: I, I think that's what every Tottenham fan wants. I think that's what every single Tottenham fan wants. We want to see us progressing. We want to see us, you know, levelling up week on week. and as long as it's not Nuno Ball, you know, I remember that game against the Gooners where we had no midfield. I don't know where they were. They weren't in defence. They weren't up front. I don't know where they were. I think they went home that day and I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. So, as long as we don't see that type of football, bro, I think as long as we see progressive, forward front, you know, uh, attractive uh, football and, and us aiming for something, us competing for something, us showing for something, then I think that the Tottenham fans will be as patient as, as they always are. We gave Pochettino a, a, a year to sort it out. It's not going to happen overnight. So we know, how, we know as Tottenham fans how many problems we have <clears throat> and how many problems need to be sorted out. So he's going to need at least a, a very minimum of a year to even, e- for us to even see the Antipostocoglu side. So we're going to have to go with him. And I think that as long as we're not in relegation... Uh, uh, you know, and we're moving forward and we can see the green shoots of pr- progress, then I think we're going to back him and I think that we're going to be with him. That's why they've given him the four or five-year contract because, you know, they've seen how many times they've gone wrong. We've clung on and we've tried to limp over the line for far too long. It's the tide of change and it's changing. And fingers crossed, this is the time that it happens. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and under a, 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 a manager actually wants to be there and actually wants to achieve something uh, with, with Tottenham and, and make his name as well as make all of us happy. Do you know what I mean? So, it, it, for me, is positive, positive. And for me, I think that the fans will give him time. The only people that they're not going to give time to is that board. And if the board would continue to make mistakes, as they have in the past, then I think that that fan base that has been getting louder and louder week in, week out, will just get very, very kind of toxic, to use a better word. Can I, yeah.
1: Can I... Can I just add something there as well? Yes. I do urge the fans as well to give Coglu a chance because the reality is, because we haven't made the signings and the progress under 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 other managers, you know, we get frustrated with what we're seeing on the pitch, and then we end up blaming the managers for it, and we end up calling for them to be sacked. And at some point, you have to look at it and go, okay, well, we've hired him for a certain reason to play a certain way. Does he have what he needs? And if he doesn't, You've got to give the guy a bit of time. You've got to realise that, you know, Okay, And I feel like a fraud asking Spurs fans for a bit of patience, by the way, because we've been patient for so long. But the reality is we've been very quick to call for a manager's head over the last few years, and it hasn't worked out for us. So we have to be a bit smarter than that, and we do have to give a manager a chance. However, I do feel like Ange, the personality, a lot of the fans will actually vibe with him, so I think he will get that chance. But I just urge people, please don't pull the trigger on them too quickly, you know, if things aren't going right and we're stuck with some of the same dead wood. You know, that anger has to be directed elsewhere and not at the manager because, you know, we can sit here and blame the board for sacking these managers regularly, but the reality is, under Nuno, when you've got a whole stadium sitting there calling for them to be sacked, they're going to sack them. When you've got a whole fan base calling for content to be sacked, they're going to sack them. So we also have our par- part to play in that as well. And I'll just ask... Under someone like Pastor Coglu, where, you know, we're getting back to the principles that many Spurs fans want. Because you're going from a massive, uh, a drastic turnaround from defensive football to attacking football, it is going to take time and it is a big undertaking. You've got a lot of personnel that have to be changed up to play this way. So please, let's just give this guy a bit of patience, I urge everyone.
4: Yeah, well said, Dave. Um, But, of course, Spurs do travel out to Australia in just three weeks' time for pre-season. That would be great for Ange Postacoglu to go back home uh, to have his first ever game against West Ham United, of course, uh, Europa Conference League champions and, uh, of course, our our London rivals. Um, Max, sadly, um, uh, he's got Wi-Fi problems, so he won't be returning uh, to this stream. Um, But please do check out his YouTube channel, everyone. I'm sure he will be posting content very, very soon when the good times are back. And hopefully that is just around the corner. Um, Dave, thanks so much for coming back. Um, Been a pleasure having you back again. And uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and, uh, and tell everyone about your wonderful channel.
1: Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy coming over here and having these discussions with you and all your guests. So thanks very much for having me. I actually thought Max Madison got a phone call off his agent to uh, get his ass down to Tottenham to sign a contract. Max, I do hope you're keeping well. But look, guys, you know, if people have enjoyed what I've had to say, please get over to the Irish Hotspur and check me out. Um, look, I'm like every other Spurs content creator. I sit there, I talk about Tottenham. I'm not special in that regard. But if you do like me or you do like what I have to say, please get over to the Irish Hotspur on YouTube. Thanks for having me, lads. I enjoyed this one tonight.
4: Well, as everyone uh, can tell, Dave, you've always got a lot to say. So, uh, yeah. yeah, please do go over to Dave's channel, hit that subscribe button. And, Ricky, an absolute pleasure having you back. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and uh, what you're up to at the moment
0: um you you guys know where you can find me i'll probably be on another stream very very shortly do you know what i mean and uh you guys know that you can find me right here on twitter at ricky j norwood on instagram official ricky norwood and i think if i keep talking i might have wifey problems forget about the wi-fi problems bruv i think she's gone to bed i can hear her banging somewhere um (laughs) but no bruv always an honor and always a pleasure and yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can let you guys know about some exciting stuff that's coming up very, very shortly. But, um, yeah, I'll let you know in due course.
4: Well, thank you so much, Rick. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Max. Thanks to you, Dave. Thanks to Ricky. And thanks to everybody who has tuned in either on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook and any audio platforms. And uh, we will see you on the next one. Till then, come on, you Spurs.
0: Come on!